and he is our weatherman, Tom freaking Skilling. Skilling. <laughs> Hi, Tom. Stephen, Johnny, how are you guys? It's Great. Been, it's- like it's been an eternity since we've talked. Yes, yes, and a gorgeous day has just been made better because we get to spend time with you, Tom. Oh, Did, are you? It, I, I think, Johnny, I, I feel the same way. Uh, isn't it gorgeous? A beautiful day. Our visit with Tom Skilling is sponsored by Permaseal Basement Systems. I call this a board of tourism day. This is what they put out to the rest of the world and say, come and see us because look how gorgeous. I'm looking at the lakefront now and it's absolutely stunning. And we took uh, uh, the drive coming in. Yeah. Oh, what a day. Wow. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. A little rough along the lakefront for the swimmers, but um, gorgeous. You know, what's amazing, this week will end up being about nine degrees cooler than last week on the average. Hmm. That's a big weekly decline. But one of the biggest changes is we've knocked the humidity out of the air. So we've got kind of like Northwood's autumn air or Hmm. humidity levels here in August, which is not bad. Well, let me just say for the people who are talking autumn and talking pumpkin spice, get out of my way. I'm still drinking my margaritas. It's still summertime. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you, you know, we started the slow decline in normal temperatures. The days are slowly getting a little bit shorter, but it's a very slow process. And we've got uh, lots of wonderful, warm, summery weather ahead before we... uh, bid adieu to the warmth and humidity, although we will for a, a time. It's, I view this as kind of an air conditioner break, mm-hmm. Steve. You know, a chance to let nature do the air conditioning yeah. instead of paying ahead, you know? so I, I don't know that we've ever asked you this, but, but on days like this, what is yeah. the one thing that Tom Skilling has to do? <laughs> oh, I'll tell you, you know, uh, people, I think, think we put our feet up on days like this, but you know, Steve, we're always looking out, not to just this afternoon or tomorrow. We're looking out the next couple of weeks to see what's going on. And, and also checking into a world of weather in which there are some really yes. interesting things going on all over the place. Well, so I'll tell you, it's, it's really always interesting in this line of work. I, it pays to come to work every day. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, every now and then you want to bear, be the bearer of good tidings. I want, yeah. to take you, I want to take you to another part of the world because um, our neighbor is excited about a trip of a lifetime. She turned 70 and her, her daughter bought her a cruise down the Rhine. And it's supposed to start next Monday, and she was just notified a couple of days ago that, oh, you know, things might not happen the way we had planned because the Rhine may be dry. Oh, I'll tell you something. There is a drought going in Europe right now. And by the way, they're about ready to head into their fourth heat wave of the summer. Wow. This will be as extreme as the last one. But, you know, um, with this Ukrainian invasion and all, they're worried about energy supplies. And unfortunately, they're turning to coal-fired electric uh, producing Mm. facilities. Mm -hmm. And they're having trouble uh, shipping the coal down the Rhine River and other waterways because they're so low. Um, There's a report this morning out that there are 100 communities in France that are without water. Uh, It's gotten that low. And the head of the Italian Meteorological Society says... The drought-heat combo that's going there is the worst they've seen in 230 years. Well, uh, wasn't it? A, I think we heard a story this morning, that, and maybe it's the same thing that, that you heard, where they're telling people, don't water your plants, and yeah. th- there's some concern that this may affect some, some future farming and, and some of the crops that they sure. grow over there. 
Oh, you know what? Um, some of the rivers that are used to irrigate, for instance, Italian uh, rice and tomatoes uh, are down to trickles right now. They're, they're really having some issues. And I was just reading that the U.K. Met Office that uh, puts out the advisories for the United Kingdom is uh, uh, talking about a major fire risk this uh, weekend as they get into hot weather. Now, you know, the last heat wave produced 104 degrees in London, which had never been seen before, and they have records there that go back to the 1700s. But they're talking this time about temperatures more like uh, mid to upper 90s. But that's still, for that island mm-hmm. nation surrounded by cool waters, is uh, it's amazing. And then you um, add on top of that, they have drought. So they've got a real issue over there, and they've had wildfire issues uh, during the summer. Uh, You know, they figured the heat wave, the last one, probably led to 1,700 uh, fatalities in uh, Portugal and Spain alone. Oh, my God. I hadn't heard that. Yeah, I I remember uh, it was some 20 odd years ago when we had that killer heat wave in Chicago and over in Europe, they were calling us on the radio to have us talk about just how hot it was. And it was hard to wrap my mind around hundreds of people, but you're talking thousands of people, thousands of people. And, you know, they had a heat wave in 2003 over in Europe. And you guys know, you know, over there, they don't have the uh, air conditioning penetration. Oh During that last uh, hot spell, that 104 in London, there was uh, the information out that only 2% of UK homes are air conditioned. You know, that whole west end of the continent is used to cooler breezes coming in off the Atlantic Ocean. Now, they get hot, but that tends to temper the heat a little bit the way the breezes off the Pacific temper the heat on the coastline of the Pacific in this country. Mm-hmm. But um, so they're not used to that level of heat, nor do they have the air conditioning penetration. Mm-hmm. And therefore, you know, there are some real issues with that. Sure. They thought 17,000. Uh, actually, it was more than that. It was more like 70,000 uh, during that heat wave in 2003 yeah. across Europe. So um, heat yeah. is nothing to. You know, nothing to be taken lightly. It can be real dangerous. Uh, uh, Tom, I'm going to ask you to temper your thoughts for a second. Oh, we're going to take a quick break and see what Mary's got. back for more with tom freaking skilling <laughs> america's favorite weatherman um, oh, I it. Tom- you know what? pat tomasulo uh, mm-hmm. of our morning show came up with that uh, yes. tom freaking thing and i i'll tell you know the wonderful thing about working about pat is he gives you the best lines uh himself <laughs> you know he writes them but he gives you the best so he's the guy behind that uh, that <laughs> link anyway, is there a tom freaking skilling bobble dog uh, bobble doll <laughs> or bobblehead? Maybe could be. I somebody brought me a Tom freaking Skilling uh, T-shirt. Oh no! Uh, I, I didn't know such a thing existed, but uh, yeah. yeah, one of my WGN colleagues, Sean Lewis, uh-huh. huh. dropped this on my desk, and I thought, oh my, you know, well, wonders never cease. Yes. But, <laughs> Hey, hey, Tom, I want to, for a second, if I could, I want to ask you about something you posted on your Facebook page uh, about a week or so ago. You were talking about this research facility in uh, one of the coldest parts of of the Earth. And you were mentioning that 
how they scaled everything back, and they didn't even have Wi-Fi. And my my question to you is, how does Wi-Fi affect the climate, or does it, or was I, I misreading something in that? Oh, I, I don't think it was cited, Steve, as a reason for uh, any changes that are going on. I, I think it was uh, just uh, talking to the remoteness of the location. Mm. Okay. That northern archipelago of uh, Norway, which is up in the Arctic region, and they've got quite a, a research lab out there that does uh, all kinds of astronomical work, but also climate work as well. They, for instance, measure uh, greenhouse gases up there. Being away from industry as they are, they figure they get a good background reading on what uh, carbon dioxide and other greenhouse gases are doing. But that, I think, was the reference, Steve, you're referring to. Mm. Well, there was something else on your Facebook page. Uh, I I believe one of your fans had uh, passed along information about sea turtle reproduction. And we um, have our home in Panama City Beach, and sea turtles are like, I mean, they are... They're worshipped there. Uh, hotels can't yeah. have lights on the beach because it might affect the nesting sea turtles. But I was really fascinated that the climate may be affecting the gender of the sea turtles that are being born. Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, this report um, indicates that over the last four years, they've kept track of sea turtle uh, births. And they found out that apparently the eggs that are laid in, and sit in the warm sands... If the sands are over 31 degrees Celsius, which is up around 90 degrees Fahrenheit, um, that the gender of the turtles that um, hatch out of these eggs tend to be mostly female. And they found that the vast majority of uh, turtle births, sea turtle births across Florida, uh, have led to female turtles. Now, this is worrisome because uh, if you don't have a mix uh, of female, then, you know, keeping the species going becomes harder to do, obviously. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think when we're down there in a couple of weeks, I think we're going to have to do some research because I'm so fascinated by these these nests yeah. that are in the sand and they've they've got roping around it so nobody will touch yeah. them. And literally, they will make events where they will have uh, uh, hundreds of people will come out and just try to try to help them with gently making sure that everything is okay with yeah. these sea turtles. And they go in the right direction. And yeah. that's the key. They want them to go to the water, not the, toward the road. It really is amazing. I, you know how the folks in the in that area uh, get involved in protecting uh, these sea turtles. I, it really is heartwarming to mm-hmm. see that go. Yeah, that's very, well. You'll have to report back to us, guys, what you find out. Absolutely, an interesting piece. So, uh, so we'll make it a fact finding mission, and, <laughs> and that way it's tax deductible too. That's right. right yeah. oh, I was going to say you could write it off as research. <laughs> Same way, I'm trying to get uh, hurricane research uh, during the winter down in uh, hurricane-producing regions, you know, and uh-huh. then uh, I'm not really. You, you, <laughs> so, have, you have actually flown with the hurricane hunters, haven't you? I have. I have. I, You know, I worked a year in Jacksonville, Florida, mm-hmm. uh, and Navy hurricane hunters were then operating. They, uh, they are no longer. But they went out of Jacksonville Naval Air Station, so I went into a real-life hurricane with them. It was interesting. They went at 500 feet, and then the, the Air Force goes out of a, a bunch of different locations. But Biloxi, uh, Mississippi, the Keesler Air Force Base, is one of the places from which they depart. And then NOAA, the parent agency of the Weather Service, runs flights out of Tampa mm-hmm. and uh, an air base there. And they all s- swap off doing these recon flights. And so, th- thanks to Hurricane Michael, if there's anything good that came out of it, yeah. people seem to be more 
aware of the need to react as opposed to saying, well, you know, it's going to miss us, you know, just kind of taking an attitude of, well, we'll just pray real hard, but we're going to stay here. And we find that at least our friends are are being more reactive. And one of the... uh, It really is good because that storm went from a Cat 1 intensity to a Cat 5 inside of 24 hours time yep and the reason that's important is a it takes a couple of days to evacuate these coastlines anymore because of the populations but b as people are assessing whether or not they should leave a hurricane prone area when a storm's approaching they might hear oh it's a cat one hurricane and say ah i think Mm -hmm. i'll stay here and ride it out whereas if it intensifies to a cat five they'll change their reasoning but if that happens in just a day's time, it may be too late for them to react to the intense storm that's coming in. Absolutely. Well, speaking of storms, real quick, uh, are you planning on doing your tornado shindig uh, coming up in what? a couple weeks? Do you know something? Um, I I haven't been doing those. Uh, we did our Fermilab tornado seminars for 38 years. Yeah. Out mm-hmm. at, at yeah. I'll tell you what I've been doing recently. And in fact, I'm headed down to Champaign tomorrow to talk to a group on climate change uh governor edgar former governor edgar uh runs a group down there every year of young legislators at all levels of uh government in illinois and they put on a week of talks for these uh government folks uh they call them edgar's fellows and um they talk about all manner of subjects economics and all the rest but last year they invited me to come down and talk with um about climate change, and I brought along with me Seth Darling from Argonne Labs, who does an amazing talk on energy of the future, how we could generate all of our electricity in the United States with solar if we put our minds to it. So anyway, we're going down again to speak day after tomorrow, Thursday, mm-hmm. uh, and I've been doing that instead of the Fermilab tornado seminar. Well, that's very exciting, and it's also good. I'm pleased to hear that, that former Governor Edgar is, yeah. is very active and yeah. Good Especially with formative minds of young people yeah. going into politics. Well, as- he, is, he is terrific. I, what a nice guy. Yes, he he's is. going to be there and speak, too, is Bill Daly is oh. going to be the luncheon speaker. And he's going to talk about the day um, in the Obama administration they took out Osama bin Laden. Right. And, wow. Uh, that's going to be kind of interesting yeah. to hear. Okay. Yeah. Well, Tom, it, it is always fun to talk to you. And uh, we are right. overdue to to get together for a, a brunch, lunch, whatever. <laughs> I know we keep saying that. I we know, never, but you guys, I just love you both, and I it's such fun to talk to you. So thanks a lot for the chance to to kind of get together and talk. Here. Oh well, you be safe, and you're looking good, and we'll see you on TV. Thank you, Johnny. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Steve. Thanks, you, Tom. You bet. News is next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom with Steve Bertrand. Yeah.